0: Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.
1: Hey buddy. Hey buddy. There I am. There he <laughs> is, all punctual and shit. I like look that. at that, eh? I'm never on time either. I was like, well, I don't know if he's live. I don't know what he's doing, so I better be on time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, man. For first off, moving the date. No, and I'm then all moving good. the time. And like I'm like, hey Brian, is there any chance you can know? so yeah, I mean, worry. thank you. Looking forward to to shooting the shit. It's been a while, man. I think it's I mean it's gotta be at least a decade. Are you serious? Since we've seen each
1: other, probably at Joey's house, one of Joey's parties when he.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's probably been. I mean, we've talked since then, but I don't think we've like seen each other, hung out, and you know, shoot the shit. shit uh, but it's been a it's been a long time, man.
1: Yeah, because I, I moved down to LA for for a few years. I was down there for seven or eight years, and then I just moved back a couple of years ago. You you're in Vancouver now. I well, I have a place in Vancouver, but I literally moved back to my hometown of the Comox Valley on Vancouver <laughs> Island. Really. Yep, and I and I literally just built a studio here. I've been spending a year building a a killer studio here, right on the water, and I and it's finished now. Wow! So yeah, I've we got lots to talk about because the whole COVID thing. Oh man, it's it was nuts, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm just trying to think, like, like when did we meet each other? I mean, we it has to be close to 20 years. Hey, it's got to be. Easy,
1: 90s with DDT like, when, oh, when true uh, actually you know, yeah I was Neal. thinking closure in like early 2000s but it was fucking, it was DDT DDT and you know when we when Lars signed us and you know Nickelback yeah. used to open for us yeah, <laughs> man. Crazy, That's man. crazy dude Ugh. of course now you're good buddies with Chad and oh, yeah. uh,
0: all those guys right so yeah
1: yeah, I got to, you know, it's funny after being friends for all those years, and then I, I produced a record with them, which was amazing. What a, we had so much fun. I, I ended up just moving into Chad's place and just getting to work, and uh, you know, it was, it was, we did the here and now record. It was so good, so fun.
0: Yeah, are you doing anything with their new stuff that they're working on
1: right now? I haven't it's funny Ch- i haven't talked to chad in ages and uh and then he just called me out of the blue like two months ago and we talked on the phone for two hours just catching up but yeah. haven't i haven't worked with him in a while since probably that record and actually i did a song after that record whatever the record after here now was i did a, this, I co-produced the single at my studio in la oh um i can't remember what the name of it but that was probably god gotta be like eight years ago wow I haven't seen him in ages. We, I, I told him, I go, dude, we got a freaking hang, man. I know, right? I, I went out to his, I
0: was like, hey, you want to jump on my podcast? He's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, cool. Let me send you a Zoom leak. He's like, fuck that. Come to my house. We'll do it at my studio. Crash over, nice, do some jamming, play some pool and shit. So that's awesome. Like, a couple summers back now, man. Time flies, dude.
1: Oh, dude. Well, remember all, the, we, we, all of us used to be partying all the time. And now all we're all, the all the old. We all got kids. And- <laughs> i know it's crazy right (laughs) we're old men now
0: (laughs) so juno award winning brian house that must never get old like tell us about how do you learn that you are going to win a juno award
1: well it was the first one so i've gotten lucky i've won two of them and and the coolest thing was is uh you know i was up against both times uh bob rock and and um uh, i think it was uh was it was bob rock and david Foster. And I was like and the and I remember in two thousand and seven, the first one I won, I was like, "No, I don't have a chance, man. I'm just some fucking kid. I just did hinder and yeah. you know Headley and stuff like that, and you know i'm I'm just happy to be here drinking free booze. you know, I always think like a broke musician like <laughs> <I've been laughs> so, most of so my like does it come with two drink tickets?" <laughs> dude that's exactly how my brains working. so i'm sitting there and i you know my my wife leanne and i are just having cocktails and i'm enjoying myself enjoying the moment just fun to be nominated and then they announced yeah. that i won and i was like nearly fell over and i was way too tanked wow so that's kind of how i found out and i so went you don't out there.
0: find out until like the night of i thought they I would have know. told you prior
1: nope both wow. times i won one in ottawa too it was my second producer of the year and i had no idea and i definitely didn't guess the second one i was like oh I don't think I'm you know both times I had no idea. <laughs> wow. It's not like I produced like Radiohead or something. You know, it was bands that do do kind of commercially very well, but they're not very credible. So I was like, there's no chance I'm winning. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> That's awesome. and And so now with covid and and let's let's get to the covid part of 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 your day to day. like how how much different was it in the last couple of years? Like, is it just a matter of like you're in studio? Maybe they're in a studio somewhere else in another part of the world, and they kind of send you tracks, or how did how did that work?
1: Well, the, so I moved back about two, two and a half years ago, uh, and I mainly moved back because my kids are still young, and I wanted to raise them in Canada because they had grown up most of their lives in, in L.A., which is awesome. But I wanted them to have some Canadian identity and. And it was just, things were getting a little crazy down there politically. So I literally moved back to Vancouver Island and then I was commuting to LA to my studio. Oh, wow. and, and I just, it was like two years ago, I just finished the new Simple Plan record, which hasn't come out yet actually, because of COVID. Literally just finished that record and was flying home and then boom, border got shut down. And I was like, now what? Because I can't get to work. So it was mayhem, but that's when I discovered that ron obvious who built the warehouse armory mutt lang studio in switzerland lived in fanny bay which is 20 minutes from me shut up really dude like, please what are the chances of that and build me a world-class a mini armory on my property here and he goes i'd love to i got so lucky and so he was building that but until then i had no studio so everything's been zoom zoom writing zoom producing with an engineer in LA, which is a trip, man. But I, I kind of got used to it now. It's, uh, you know, my very first Zoom co-write was with this girl, Olivia Panalva from Kelowna. I've never done one before. We did a Zoom write. It went on to go top 10 and she got signed in the US and the song's out on, the, on top 40 in the US right now. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Do you, like she, think yeah. Is there going to be much of
0: like the the COVID world like pushing past? Of course, we're going to get past it eventually. But do you think that there's going to be much of that like in the, your future? Will you still do like maybe a Zoom write or?
1: I will. It's it's kind of nice because especially when I'm producing a band, you know, because I, I I could never do both at the same time unless I'm writing with the band. But now I can get up in the morning, write, do my Zoom write from nine to twelve, and then do my production from twelve to ten like I normally do. But I, you know, I got to write with someone in England, with Australia, like you get to work with people all over the world. And it's so convenient. So I think I'll do a little hybrid, you know, a little keep zooming when it's convenient, and especially getting people from all over the place together. And then also, it's always better face to face though.
0: Oh, totally. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you sent me that uh, Chris Cornell track uh, light on, I
1: think. Yep. called yeah,
0: a couple of months back, and of course knowing that I would never share it, fuck, I'm just not that. I'm not that
1: guy. I would just <laughs> no. I, that's why it. I said it's Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: so thank you for 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 sending me that. But I'm wondering, like, how much of that kind of stuff do you have, like, just in the vaults, where you know maybe it's a track from a band or an artist that you know has just never seen the light of day. How much stuff like that do you have?
1: Dude, well, the Cornell one was amazing because he's never really co-written with anyone, and Jimmy Ivy stuck us together, and I had come up with the initial idea. And I was like, you know, it's Chris Cornell. He's probably the best singer I've heard in, in my life, maybe, a rock singer. One of them, you know, him and Robert Plant. Yeah. But uh, we ended up working together. It, it was great. And, and then he was so excited about us working together. We really hit it off that I, I suggested, hey, let's get some guys from the bit. This is before Soundgarden got back together. And I suggested, let's get some of the guys in. And he, and he was open to the idea. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get Soundgarden back together and I'm going to produce it. <laughs> so, you know, in my twisted mind, I was thinking that. But he ended up going, that's when he kind of decided to do a pop thing. And, and then that song, he did like a Timbaland record, which was really weird, uh, you know, and, and that's fine. And then David Cook ended up cutting the song and it went to be a big hit. But I, no one ever got to hear his version with his vocals on it. And I was so bummed out because it's such a magical vocal with him singing it, and oh, it I'm really still, is. I'm still working with Vicky on trying to get it released because I just want the world to hear it. And but I, I literally have, you know, I have that, I have an unreleased Linkin Park song that I did right before Chester passed. Wow! And, and I have an unreleased Keith Urban song that I did. <laughs> wow! Holy man, you
0: know that's so, the thing. Yeah. Brian is a, a, that a lot of musicians you know, like you say, your DDT and closure, you guys had success with those bands, but a lot of musicians go down that route of like, you know, kind of producing and writing with other bands. Um, What is it about that side of things of the industry? Do you think that, that you've kind of found your niche now?
1: You know, I think honestly, when I, because obviously I wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid and I loved it, but my problem was I liked too many genres. I like too many, I love hip hop, I love rock music, I love new wave, I love country. And when I'd make a record and be, oh, I'm in this band and we're a rock band, it's like, well, I want to do some pop stuff now. And, and then I would, I would write songs for the next record, and the, the label would be like, What the hell is this? It doesn't even sound like the same band. So I finally realized I need to be a producer so I can work with different artists and stuff. So right. I, it took a while to figure it out. You know, I obviously miss playing live and all that kind of stuff, but I, I just like too many genres. So I found the perfect job where I can work with every genre, different artists from all different sizes, you know, a big, small, in between, beginning bands, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really rewarding
0: yeah Yeah, and of course you're looking in the background here you know when we've seen you posting like the gold records of skillet and stuff on online which is super cool that must just be like how does that compare to being in a band and like you know your band succeeding it must be fucking rad.
1: it's just as rewarding and and a lot of those records i get to play guitar and sing background vocals on and you know i almost become like the fifth beatle so it's it's kind of great that way and and you know especially a band like skillet like it's funny people that know them know how big they are but people that don't never heard of them they sold 13 million albums in the u.s 13 million for christian like today's numbers that's huge man like that's huge numbers dude crazy and and even the last record i did was like three years ago we just did a million in sales and 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 like the streams are 300 500 million it's crazy and and You know, when I first worked with them on Comatose, which is one of the most proudest moments or records I've ever made, I was helping transition them from the straight Christian world into the secular world as well. So it could be about a god or a girl. It doesn't have to be overtly, you know, but still has their message that's important to them. But people that don't believe could also relate to the music. And. That's the job I kind of was tasked with, and I, I, you know, I just I went to Chicago, made a record with them for three three months, and it was an amazing experience. That's They're cool. the best best people in the world, so it's very rewarding, especially when you do it with your friends, because I've I've become friends with all the people I've worked with over the years. Yeah,
0: of course, of course, and and so for you personally, like, how old were you when you were starting to get kind of serious about making music, like playing in bands?
1: <sighs> Probably that's all I've ever done. I've never had a job. I when I was. 15 i saw van halen diver down and i looked at eddie and i went i want to do that and i started taking guitar lessons and ever since then i was in you know in the 80s i was in a a butt rock cover band called young gun and literally that's all i've ever done i graduated high school went on the road with a cover band and tried to learn how to play guitar and write songs and i spent my life on the road
0: (laughs) dude that is incredible right so okay so so walk us to, through the music in your house. Then, what's in the the house? House as a kid, like what are your what are your parents exposing you to? Uh,
1: parents, you know, it's funny. They they definitely opened me up to like. I think the first record they bought me was an Elvis record, believe it or not. And Good I was story. like, eh, it's okay. But I I really I think the 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 band that blew it out for me was Kiss and yeah.
0: AC/DC. So many people say those bands. Like, what is about yeah. those two bands? Right.
1: Kiss, just I just like the rock star, larger than life, the music, the relatable lyrics. And then after that, when I discovered ACDC, it was over for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is the band that speaks to me. I want to do whatever they're doing. And to this day, they're still my favorite band on the planet absolutely yeah,
0: and, and like, what, like still to this day one of the best like how old are those dudes oh. they have to be like 65 70 and they yeah, fucking rock
1: dude. yeah they do man they're crazy they're, they're, they're the epitome of blue collar rock no poser all yeah. rock all the time the best songs the best lyrics simple riffs that anyone can play it's i just love everything about that band so everything. when you
0: get into acdc is it uh bon scott or, or are we into oh.
1: 50 50 for me man i love it was both. born alive i mean oh no the first highway to hell he was it was i think he had just passed away and highway i was i think i was 16 and highway to hell was the first acdc record i heard and i went oh my god listen Whoa. to those guitars <laughs> <laughs> and then i discovered mutt lang and and how he records guitars and all that and he's the guy behind the boards and i fell in love with that guy <laughs> yeah, well,
0: there's some stuff I think that people, if they're, like, to know some of the albums and the music that Mutt Lang has worked on. Yeah. Like, you, oh, okay, oh, wow, I see, wow. that's why. I mean, everything that guy touched is just amazing.
1: Biggest, the greatest producer on the planet in the history of the world, in my opinion. You know, Ace. I think Back in Black is the second biggest record in history next to Thriller. Uh, Shania Twain, 100 million records, over 100 million sold, like, like, all that stuff def leppard 100 million probably 80 90 million something like that yeah. it's just crazy foreign yeah. or four you know just yeah. uh literally changed my life that stuff yeah he did the pyromania album didn't he pyromania uh, uh yeah exactly that like, one and then the
0: one after there that's there. that's like one of the best rock albums of all time and that's Absolutely. not arguable that's
1: 100 I-, I agree with you 100 percent on that photograph my favorite song from them yeah. just amazing yeah what was your first concert that Halen, diver down. It, it was a diver down. Yeah. Yep.
0: Holy crap! Talk about
1: there. Here's the bar. Yeah, I know, dude. Right. I think I was like, how old was I? Like 15 or 16, and I, I was at the old Pacific Coliseum, and and I just saw that and was like, oh, I got to do this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm no kidding. Like in it. Rock stars, David Lee Roth, everyone, <laughs> Eddie doing his solos, at playing eruption. Oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't going to ask this, but
0: it's written down. I was like, ah, maybe I'm. Yeah, 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 I'm. I'm going to anyway. It's it's a really hard one. You probably would change day to day the answer, but okay. uh, today, give us the three albums that you would need if you're stranded on a deserted island.
1: Three albums? Wow. Okay. Um, oh man. Well, definitely Back in Black.
0: That's my What's number best
1: one. number one for me. I think it's the best record ever made. It's perfect. There's not one flaw, not one word out of place. It's perfect. Know, right? uh, so, oh man, number two. That that's when it gets really hard because that's what so I'm saying, hard. right? You change it every day, and like it might be Pyromania. Yeah, that that record was so influential in my life. I still listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I see. and and then something more modern. It would honestly be a Coldplay record. I think uh, La Vida, oh, oh, I absolutely love that record yeah good album and you know coldplay for
0: me they're not they're not a, like a band where i'd go home like man i need to hear the the, the la vida loca uh, album right. i need to hear it but man if they're coming through vancouver i need yeah. to go to that show oh,
1: just it's just amazing live and yeah. it's what i listen when i travel i listen to that on the plane and it's the soundscapes are so amazing and the, and the production is so amazing i discover new things every time i hear it it's awesome
0: yeah. Maybe borrow that piece like, oh, I
1: like the way they did that. I like that. Absolutely. That sounded pretty cool. Absolutely, man. Always learning, man. Always got yeah. my ears open and listening to new things and uh, trying to incorporate them into my bag of tricks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a little bit of humble bragging talking about uh, some of the bands you work with over the years, but maybe to get into that a little bit. Name some of the bands over the years that you've worked with or
1: um, some of the, well, yeah, Nickelback, obviously, which we had a great time. Um, the band Hinder, I kind of helped create that from scratch with the guys. And uh, that was really, really cool. You know, debut record selling 4 million copies. Crazy, man. And, and crazy. It, we had those guys
0: it, through Fox so many times.
1: Uh, I think
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it was, uh, maybe it wasn't Austin. It was like, it was one of the guys in the band, but they, uh, they took their ball sack out were on the air and they lit it on fire yeah that's over the guitar player we used to that's pay. probably yes yes and uh oh my god that fucking smell would not leave the studio for like hours
1: that poor guy he got picked on it was a full jackass moment we used to pay him to do crazy stuff
0: that's awesome
1: yeah no that was a that was such a fun experience you know yeah, those guys are managing guys. and and you know and, and we we did that and we, we had so much fun with that whole ride but I, I did a song with Taylor Swift and, and Boys Like Girls, which which, which wow. was a huge hit. Uh, that was really cool. Chris Daughtry, all the American Idol stuff I've done, like David Cook, Chris Daughtry. i worked with like tons of them back in the heyday. So
0: how, how did, how did like, is that just a matter of like, okay, we know that Brian House is going to fucking dial us
1: up or is that you do have a, like a deal with with American Idol or like how did that work out? I kind of got my foot in there. I, I think i um, uh pete gambard was always a fan of my bands and was always looking interested in signing me. never did but you know always poked around and yeah. i think he he and hinder had just come out and was starting to do good so he was like hey i think brian might be perfect to write with chris so i was the first one that chris wrote with and we wrote what i want which was the with the rock song off his first record uh that slash played on which was really cool we literally That's wrote great that in half great an hour song. hotel room and um but it you know that record jeez 8 million copies worldwide. Isn't that crazy? Debut, biggest debut uh, rock uh, solo rock solo record ever. Um, but he was such a good singer. And then I think from there I did the next one and then David Cook. And then I just, I, they would always call me the Idol Whisperer because whenever <laughs> the idols would come off Idol, you know, because before they, they, most of the guys were never in bands. They used to work in paint stores and stuff. And then six right. months they were famous and so they would come off there wanting to be super arty, and it was like, "I want to make a Fugazi meets Radiohead album." And and then I was the idol whisperer, like, "Yeah, that's cool, dude, but you know, we gotta we gotta make the soccer moms happy." That kind of yeah. puts you on the map here. So I was the let's let's make the soccer moms happy, but still keep the artiness for you. So I was pretty good at kind of bridging that gap and, and making the label happy and the artist. So. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun back in the heyday when they really used to push those guys, too.
0: Yeah, dude, that's crazy. And I, I heard from, I think it might have been Joey Moy, um, that uh, the Chris Daughtry was the best singer, like, ever, that he's ever seen
1: in studio. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah. The problem with him, too, was he's such a good singer that when you do a song with him, even he would make a, a, a mediocre song or a mediocre melody line sound amazing, so I wouldn't be able to tell if the song's a hit because he sells it so much. So I would have to sing it myself, kind of out of tune and stuff to know if the melody's catchy enough.
0: <laughs> wow, really? Oh my
1: God. Because <laughs> he's so good at the convict Like his conviction is so over the top. It's like, I think it's good it just sounds good to me you know everybody else in the studio was that good Fuck, i don't know
0: (laughs) that was pretty
1: good yeah exactly so yeah he's he's an amazing really great guy and his new record's really good too he just put out a solo record you know he's on his own now and and it's really good oh cool really good record
0: well let's let's get outside of music and uh you know what you're known for sure what what do you what are you binge watching lately Uh,
1: honestly uh the queen's gambit yeah (laughs) Oh my God! My wife talked me into watching. It. I'm like, oh, a show about chess? Really? I like chess, but I was hooked, man. Holy,
0: holy so good! Like,
1: it's so good, and the and the writing is so good, and the characters aren't cliche. You expect them a certain way. Oh yeah, like the you, you know the the person at the the orphanage is going to abuse them and stuff, and she turns out to be sort of a decent person. It's like they twisted the cliches, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, that that was one of those things I was kind of flipping through, like you might like, and like. Yeah fuck off netflix i'm not gonna like that i'll ah, give it a shot why not right yeah yeah, yeah. On. same thing blown away man that's a great show
1: yeah me too and i can't wait for the uh sopranos prequel too i'm really excited for that one
0: yeah that looks deadly hey
1: oh yeah i was so, huge fan of that
0: Soprano. started watching the sopranos again because of that
1: yeah i gotta do it again yeah. <laughs> it's so
0: and good I, are you into all the uh the superhero movies like I, yeah and i, I all love that. all this
1: stuff I, I like iron man especially the old iron man's and and uh robert Downey. i'm a big fan of him robert Downey, yeah you know he's yeah. such
0: a good actor which superpower would you want to have
1: Ooh, that's a good question um i don't know that's a good question <laughs> i wouldn't mind be able to fly like iron man <laughs> Just yes. like, that'd be pretty dope <laughs> oh, very cool yeah uh what's the worst job
0: you've had i guess you've always been in the industry
1: always been in the industry i you know what's funny i did i did a job once and i have no skills in that department cuz i so i i think it was in the broke days of uh, early ddt and Corey white got me to come out and do cement or something and i almost lost my hand in the cement mixer within the first 5 minutes and the and the guy the the, the foreman just looked at me and goes dude you're not you're not you can't be around here you're not made for this stuff you, you just go away yeah,
0: <laughs> that was yeah, it. Yeah. It's not worth the five sixty-five an hour button. No,
1: well. no, exactly. So probably uh some of the early gigs that we played in the in the middle of nowhere and lock labish and people wanna take chairs and crush our heads in because we're not playing Born to Be Wild and you know, right. those days are interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. What, what's your favorite sport to to play? What's your favorite sport to watch?
1: Well, definitely hockey, obviously, and and um Funny story, actually, when I moved to LA, I, I, uh, cause I play a lot of ice and ball hockey and down in LA and in, in the U S ball hockey's gotten really big. So I started playing with these, these guys down there just for fun. And, and then we started going to some tournaments, we started winning them all. And then all of a sudden we're, uh, we're invited to the North American championships, uh, for ball hockey. And we're about, you know, playing against guys like 16 to 25 and i'm in my 50s right. and but i am still got some speed so we ended up going there and winning <laughs> no really so then i got scouted by because i'm a dual citizen i got scouted by team usa to to play on the masters uh uh team usa team to go to the czech republic and play in the worlds in On, i swear to you dude and and i was supposed to go during COVID, and then i obviously COVID hit and it got postponed but I was literally going to go to this camp. That's like, crazy, man. So I'm living my hockey dreams again.
0: Wow. So that's that's like on rollerblades,
1: right? <laughs> no, running like running. Oh, hockey. running street, street hockey. hockey. Yeah, like it's huge around what? the world and in the U.S. Wow. it's crazy. Yeah, there's there's like a minor pro league, and it, yeah, I had no idea because you know in Canada you play ice, and then when your buddies on Sunday you play street hockey, but yeah. it's serious down there so basically everything's the same except you're just running with sneakers which is by the way the cardio is insane
0: oh dude it's yeah I, I do that uh sundays between like two and five yep. with like 12 year old kids <laughs> ten, 10 to 12 right and it's just like fuck, you're done man like as the adult that's playing games like at the beginning you just trash them right but by the end <laughs> you're you're
1: just, just- then you gas
0: out dying to yeah man like you can't keep up and they're fucking schooling you it's it's embarrassing Oh man, (laughs)
1: that's That's awesome Uh,
0: are you a gambler i think i know this
1: oh yeah believe me i love actually chad and joey got me into poker yeah yeah we used to have crazy games out there and and chad's awesome to play against because he just doesn't care (laughs) and he gets bored
0: he's good you know he uh he turned me on him and joey uh we were out gambling and uh fuck, i can't remember it was one of the i think of the richmond casino yeah and uh and they were like no you need to do this this uh this style of betting for uh roulette
1: oh i know they have a system
0: yeah you need to wait for it to go four or five times red or black or even yeah and then bet against the There's system that. until <laughs> you win <laughs> sometimes you had to double down to like you know fucking 900 bucks
1: or whatever double, to win 20 or 40 right like yeah scary shit, man i know those guys are crazy i remember being in vegas with those guys and i remember once they won a bunch of money like joey and chad like i'm i'm not much of a gambler i like to play poker where i have a little bit of say in the outcome yeah but they won a bunch of money and we i remember we got followed by some dudes that were going to roll us and and Chad had his security guy, Hawk, there. Hawk. Yeah. And yeah. Hawk even looked worried, and because these guys were probably packing, and they followed us. And then finally the, the the resort security came and got them. But I remember they'd they'd won like 20, 30k, and they were whipping it around, and these dudes were following us, man. It was pretty scary. Wow. Yeah, you don't think about
0: that, right? Like if you win big money. Yep. They make a big deal of it. Ring, 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 <laughs> ring. Like,
1: hey, this guy just won 50K. I know, and then some dude's going to roll them. But this guy didn't care that we had a security guy with us. They didn't care. And Hawk's huge, right. man. He's a
0: big kid. He's a big boy, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Where, where do you see yourself in five years? Still doing it, banging it away? You still going to be on the island, you think?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, I, I do travel a lot because I'm going to be going to – I'm I'm signed to Big Machine Publishing right now, which is uh, Scott oh. Borchetta's publishing company. So I'm going to be doing a lot of country, country writing and country stuff. So I'll be going to Nashville a lot. But the yeah. beauty of where I am – is we have an international airport so you can fly direct from Comox to like calgary edmonton seattle mexico hawaii and toronto so i could go straight from toronto from here and then just take a shuttle down to nashville so uh, i'll probably stay here it's my hometown the reason i wanted to move here is because i had such a wicked childhood and i wanted my kids to have the same and you know, all my homeboys that I grew up with live here. Like half my friends are like one guy's the you know they sit mayor and stuff, and the other guys in the HAs. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> cool. I got all my buddies, got everything covered. But it's uh, I just you know, it's a great place to raise kids, and that was my main motivation. I just wanted my kids to have an yep. awesome. An how old are your thousand. kids now? Uh, my daughter's thirteen, and my son's uh, eight.
0: Crazy, right? Yeah. grow up fast, man.
1: Oh, I know. How, how old are yours?
0: 11 and almost nine.
1: Oh, so we're in the same range. Same, same range. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, can I still come crash over? I'll bring my kids. And- Dude, bring them did- over. We'll have a blast. I got my guest house here, so you're good to go. <laughs> nice.
0: Did did you did you pimp it out? Have you got a pool and all that shit? And- uh, working I know on you had pool. it in LA, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, I put the studio in, so got the studio in, and we're very lucky. We got three acres, like right on the on the Georgia Strait here. So when wow. you're in the studio, you're you looking at the Georgia Strait and the mountains and stuff. It's beautiful. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've had a pool. I had a pool in West Bend for five years and then eight years in LA. And my wife says, no more pools. <laughs> They're <a> pain. <laughs> you know what the problem is? The chemicals, man. Every time... We could never get the chemicals right, and every time we'd have someone over, they would put the wrong ones in and then I'd have to redo the bottom because it's all peeled up. And (laughs) I'd like to get one. We're still talking about it, but we might. But we've got a hot tub there on the deck. Fight the good fight, brother. Fight the good fight. Absolutely. Got to have the pool parties, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Is is there a a website for for Toddcast listeners uh, to check you out?
1: Um, It's still up and running. I haven't got the studio one up because the studio is literally still getting built, and I'm working in it, but... um, just my Instagram just uh right I don't even know what my Instagram is I think oh, it's okay. how's official House official that's what it, it is that's it yeah yeah yep. okay. yeah so that's and then that's kind of where you're most active that's where I'm most active now and I just you know just been uh doing you know been uh on Instagram not for that long I just just started doing social media stuff because I enjoy it it's nice to stay in touch with everyone especially during COVID right yeah totally so i have been into all that stuff now and then once i get the officially finished the studio we'll have a website up it's called black stove studios so
0: <laughs> okay beauty yeah right, so I'll, I'll let thought- you i'll let you go but i don't want to take out too much of your time i appreciate you taking a little bit of uh your time tonight i'm sure you're probably
1: what are you working on right now what do you need in? um actually jonathan Waugh, patrick Waugh's son oh. uh the great goalie uh is an amazing amazing singer And um, a lot of crazy, great things going on with him right now. We, uh, our first single just went gold in Canada independently. Um, He's signing his first deal. Actually, his second deal, he was technically signed to uh, Corey Hart's label through Warner Brothers when he was a kid. But, and uh, yeah, there's, I can't tell you now, but I'll tell you. But he just got some crazy, crazy news, and uh, I will share it with you when I'm allowed to. (laughs) I'm not allowed to, but. Yeah, Yeah, check out him, Jonathan Waugh, man. His voice is unbelievable. Like, he's the real deal. True artist. Right on. Well, it's good to see you, man. Good to talk to you You and good to catch up. You too, buddy. And say hi to the family. I haven't seen the wife, God, since we partied at Joey's, man. Yeah, uh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Say hi from me, and uh, I'd love to see. We we should go for lunch or something. Catch up.
0: Absolutely. Next time you're in van, let me know.
1: All right, Todd. Sounds good, buddy. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon.
0: The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.